Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone, and thank you very much for downloading the Manchester Football Social on a Friday. A new team for me and that. Normally we're joined by uh, Statman Dave and Adam Keyworth, but we were joined by the lovely presence of Sam Lee. Hello, Sam. Hello. And Andrew Ryan. How oh, are you yeah. doing, Andrew? Good, good, good. Did you enjoy, did you enjoy, your, uh, did you enjoy your debut? I was grand, yeah, man. I've been, I've been before. Little, did, little did we know uh, that it was all going to go up in flames, wasn't it, towards the back end of the show. I think that was the highlight. So if you're listening on the podcast, stay with it uh, because, um, well, interesting exchange towards the end. I did tell you I'd get into it. Yeah, you did get into it, Sam. And we certainly did. Yeah, Sam was well defending City. If anyone ever doubts, just, you know. common sense. I've never met that guy before. I've never just had a barony. Yeah, keep listening to the show, Manchester Football Social. Please subscribe uh, and please rate uh, the podcast five stars. And uh, thank you very much for listening. Enjoy the show. Manchester Football Social. Good evening, it is Friday night and this is the Manchester Football Social. My name is Natalie Pike and thank you so much for joining us this evening. As always, we want you to be a part of the show, so do get involved. You can give us a ring on 0345 777625. You can text us 87711 and you can get us on our Twitter, which is MCR Footy Social. We want you to get involved to talk about anything at all football related that you might want to get off your chest or you indeed might want to ask myself or my esteemed colleagues that are in the studio with me and tonight joining me representing the blue side of manchester we have sam lee from goal good evening good evening Good evening. <laughs> Good evening. So head Sam, as we were calling today. <laughs> on yeah, the wine fine. and tapas last night, I've yeah. heard. Well, why not? When, when in Rome, I think they say. <laughs> yeah, Sam had a big night out last night, so we're going to try and go easy on him. And someone else we're going to try and go easy on is, uh, is, is my other uh, guest in the studio who is representing Manchester United this evening. It's his first time on the show, which is why we might go easy on him. It's comedian Andrew Ryan. Good evening. Good evening. How, it's good to be in Manchester, as you can tell. I'm from Salford. <laughs> and, uh, it's nice to be back in Manchester, yeah. We so, should have uh, introduced you, let you speak, and then let everybody guess which yeah, team you supported. You can tell I'm from Europe. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, that voice you heard before, the voice that never goes away, it yeah. is Joe. Hiya, Joe.
show. I can't keep quiet. Uh, right, on the show today, 877-1, get in touch. We're going to be previewing, obviously, Manchester City in the FA Cup semi-final. We're going to talk about agents' fees as well. You'll never guess how much Liverpool paid to agents last season, as well as hearing about a new Umbro exhibition happening around Shude Hill in Manchester. We're getting Rachel in to tell us her story. It's going to be a good show. It's Friday night. All right, United aren't on the weekend because, I mean, we got knocked out by Wolves. But City are in the FA Cup semi-final. They are, so we are, of course, going to talk about that later. We're also going to talk about the Wembley ticket situation. And we, we want to hear your opinion. We want to know your thoughts. So City have sold about 25 of the 30,000 tickets allocated for Wembley. Um, so I want to know why you think that is. So so do let us know. Give us a ring, 0345 7625 But we're going to start tonight on the, the other side of town, on Old Salford Way. And um, there's been a lot of speculation this week, um, United being linked with with a lot of different players. But we want to start the show by talking about the players that United currently have and looking at who we think may be still at Old Trafford next season. And who might leave, Joe? Who might leave. Right, so there's the big three. I'm calling them the big three that the newspapers have all been talking about and the speculations that there's contract negotiations have broke down, that they want to go sign for other clubs. I mean, they've not helped... The other players themselves when they've gone on international break and give it a bit of mouth about how their dream is to play for Real Madrid. And these three players we're going to talk about today, uh, David De Gea, Paul Pogba and Ander Herrera. Now, Herrera will have his contract run out by the end of this year, if he, uh, season, sorry, if he doesn't sign. Uh, and a lot of people linking him to uh, Paris Saint-Germain. Paul Pogba, you know, he says in the international break, his dream is to play for Real Madrid. And there's just rumours circulating about David De Gea. So I think the question is for you, Andrew, out of them three players, who do you believe will still be at Old Trafford next season playing under Oli? I'd say all three of them will be there. Really? Yeah, yeah, I think that's all, that's all just fun and games, isn't it? I think Paul Pogba said he wanted half a million a week as well. I'd say get rid of Sanchez and give him the difference in the wages. And also, De Gea's not going anywhere either. I mean, it's all just, this happens every year. Every year there's always a player being tipped or wanting to leave or saying that Real Madrid is a, is a, is a dream to play there. I think, he, I think he was actually saying that it was a dream club. You know, like any footballer in the world would probably want to play with Real Madrid. You know what I mean? So that's just a natural sort of mm-hmm. I think, thing to gravitate towards. But I think Herrera, uh, under his performances under Solskjaer so far this season, uh, for me, I, he was always a bit of a bit part player anyway, but he's actually dug in, dug his heels in and actually he's like a shark, isn't he? Like just man marking people. He's kind of, it's kind of similar height to Roy Keane as well. Like, so it kind of reminds you a little bit like the Spanish Roy Keane. De Gea, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think there will come a point in a goalkeeper's career, especially... You know, where, you know, he's Spanish. He's done seven or eight, six or seven seasons with us now. We took him in when he was, you know, uh, coming from uh, Atletico Madrid and also had to bulk him up a little bit. And I think that, I don't think he's probably ready to go away yet. I say it just comes down to money and their agents. Mm-hmm. And Pogba, um, I'm quite frankly, give him what he wants to keep him here. Would you? Oh, give him He's what he wants, break the man. bank for Paul Pogba? Yeah, there's no problem. I'll even deliver pizzas to him once a week if, he, <laughs> if he's there. Do you think he's um, caused yourself a problem when you gave Sanchez that ridiculously high contract and now you've got players that are performing substantially higher than he yeah. is that are getting paid so much less? Yeah, I think that would happen at any football club. You sign someone and give them half a million a week and they're not even playing, never mind performing. And then you've got people out there who are slugging out two games a week and, you know, performing and... You know, they're not getting half as much. So I think the the players in the dressing room are probably, you know, their agents are tapping them up saying, oh, you know, you're 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 better than that player, so you should be getting a little bit more. And I think that's just natural the way it is to be the best paid player. So to be honest with you, I'd say look at the look at the players who haven't been performing, look at their wages and the people that want to stay, make sure you look after them and keep them in the squad. Okay. Same question goes to you, Sam. Doing three players, David De Gea, Paul Pogba, Herrera, who's mm-hmm. at Old Trafford next year? Well, I'm, I don't know. 
I could, e- I could equally see none of them staying. Oh, but none of them! But that would be such a blow from uh, United. Yeah, all it would, three. Wins. It would be. I mean, that would be as big a kind of start again job as as anything since Ferguson's gone. You know, we, even with all the managers and bringing in, you know, Pogba in the first place and Ibrahimovic and and people like that to to give Mourinho a running start. If they if they were to if they were to go, I'm not saying they're definitely gonna, but if they were to that. It would be such a blow, and you, considering the position United have been in recently, but you know, everyone's always said, where would they be? Much worse off if they didn't have De Gea. Mm-hmm. So if they were to lose him as well, you've not just got to get a great goalkeeper in, you've kind of got to get a miracle worker in, because that's what De Gea's been doing recently, hasn't it? For the last few years, he's, he's really been bailing United out. And yeah, it goes back to the, the Sanchez thing, but also um, it, goes, it goes back to Fellaini, because he, he looked like he was going to go, but in the end he got... How much did he get? 180 grand a week? Yeah, he did get a lot of money. And Shaw, yeah. I mean, Shaw's not the same, but Shaw's on about 200. And you can see why they all want it. But just the way Fellaini managed to hold them over a barrel, that's that's why they're doing it. Um, the, the thing with Pogba is, it seems like, you know, you know when the Spanish, the big Spanish teams start ramping things up and mm-hmm. they start appearing on the front of the newspapers? That's happened with Pogba this week. And speaking about agent fees later on, but Mino Rayola, obviously he got 20-odd million, I think. When Pogba signed for United, he knows how to get a big player a big move, and you wonder if he might fancy, you know, getting Pogba to Madrid. Madrid are obviously going to have a big overhaul. We've no idea how much money they're going to spend this summer, but I guess they're going to get Hazard. But they, but they always, yeah, exactly. They always seem to to find the money when they need it, don't they? And after a few years of thinking, oh, we'll be all right, we'll get by with Ronaldo, they've realised now. I think they wouldn't have got Zidane back if if they hadn't have promised him a load of money to spend. So yeah. I, I wouldn't be too surprised if. If they had the money for Pogba, De Gea has been leaving since the day he arrived. Like every summer, yeah, he's leaving. True, every true. summer he's gone, and he's not gone anywhere. Pogba's only just come back. You, the, his agent what say got twenty million for the Pogba move. Like, has he spent it in two seasons? Twenty million, and he's skint, and he wants to yeah, be another. Yeah, greedy these men. Don't, don't not, underestimate him. <laughs> yeah, very, very if you, greedy. If you, if you think about it, Pogba came in, didn't get on with Mourinho. Now he's playing box-to-box running, he's scoring goals, he's allowed to have a bit of freedom and go forward, and he's got Solskjaer there, and he always said that Manchester's home. This is every summer this stuff happens. But, and guess what? Nothing really actually happens. But is the speculation, again, and I know there's always speculation around De Gea, but it's been, it's been, the speculation's been quite rife over the last couple of weeks. Is it fair to say that they neither of them played particularly well in the Wolves' defeat last weekend? So could there be any link to the speculation? Are their heads no, getting turned? No, just people just, just play crap. Also, as well, if, 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 if City that don't know the... what it's like this season to play crap, but like it just happens. Oh, I remember. Yeah, I don't well, we believe talk that. About your history, because uh, because if you think about it, you, they've got to be an advert for themselves. So David de Gea is not going to think, oh, I want to go to Real Madrid. I want to get X amount of money a week. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play poor against Wolves. I just don't think it's going to happen. No, it's not that bit. Is it just his focus isn't there? I know what even if you go into you go into Real Madrid, you know, I, I still don't think your it affects your performance as a footballer. I don't know, I don't think so. The only person I'm really worried about in them three, De Gea, Pogba and Herrera, is Herrera. So you've got a lot of activity where United have signed Chris Smalling and given a year extension to Ashley Young over the last uh, couple of months and you worry that if they can get them deals done so easily and so well and obviously to players that I don't believe should be playing for Manchester United let's get that right awful players and why is Herrera not being given that contract yet is something stopping that signature is he going to get money elsewhere from somewhere else like Paris Saint-Germain like he's been linked and that is the reason I believe Herrera will not be at uh, Manchester United next year but I do believe David De Gea and Paul Pogba will be Sam, do you think of Herrera was going to go, Paris Saint-Germain? 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, of the, of the three, that's probably most likely. Yeah, because the kind of money he wants, and you know, the links. There's, I think, from what I hear, there's genuinely more to it than just you know, the throwaway stories. The PSG do want him, and and he's considering it. So, in that sense, you know, the some of the pieces are in place already. So I wouldn't be hugely surprised if if Herrera went. And you know, he came he came to United. It was a, as a really technical player, and he, he's always had a bit of a bad runner thing. Same as Matter, to be fair. I've always think Matter's been unlucky. That he's basically had Jose Mourinho as his manager for like most of the peak years of his career. Herrera came to United, and Van Hal made like, basically reprogrammed him as a player, made him much more defensive, and he only really got to grips with that really under Mourinho in certain games. So I'll, I think fair play to him. He's 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 given a lot to United. I think he's not always got a lot back. And if he wants to go, was he now thirty? If he wants to go and try something else, look, PSG, we've probably all got our own thoughts on that. They're probably all similar thoughts. But if, if he, I wouldn't be surprised if he if wanted he, a new challenge. If he was going to stay to sign a contract by now, because it's gone over six months, the last six months, you can sign a pre-contract agreement with another club. Yeah. And Man United don't let players run down contracts, especially no. someone at his age and someone that's playing it, you know, for <coughs> one of the top clubs in Europe. So there's obviously a backstory there that he's going. Bring, come on, sorry. No. So I was just going to say, this leads me on to something else, but... Um, in terms of De Gea and Pogba, as the United fans in the room, how are you rating them in term of, terms of world players? In terms of are they the best in the world? Are they, are they, are they some of the best players in the world? Yeah. Uh, De Gea's up there, definitely. I mean, I think Pogba was still talking, I'm, potential. Yeah. I'm going somewhere with this, so keep no, going you keep, No, you keep going. going with right, okay, so I'll say um, David De Gea, okay, the last two games, he hasn't been great. He had an off game, and you can knock him down for that. But the consistency of the player from Manchester United and being one of Manchester United's, uh, you know, he's one player of the season for the last four years. I mean, I don't think he won it last year, but there's got to be a level there where if he was playing for any other team with a with a greater outfield, he would have been winning Premier League trophies, no doubt, Champions League, etc. One League's, of the best in the world, Sam thinks, one of the best in the yeah, world. Yeah, he's one of the best yeah. in the world. No yeah, one is yeah. going. I mean, other, other goalkeepers have probably got a bit more about them in terms of dis- distribution these days, but I don't think any goalkeeper or many have, have got the kind of shot-stopping ability that De Gea has where you think, how, how has he saved that? And like I said earlier, that saved United so many points over the years. So. Andrew, it, Pogba, it, De Gea, best in the world? I, first of all, you're, if your goalkeeper is getting player of the year three, four years in a row, that's a bad time for your football club. And also, uh, yeah, I'd say he's like top two or three anyway. Like, you know, everyone has good days and bad seasons and good games and bad games. Um, De Gea, definitely top three goalkeepers. Pogba won the World Cup with France. Very, very poor early start return to Manchester United, but now has been given a bit more of a freer role and I was literally he's now kind of scoring and setting assists for fun. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, next season we could see him really move up another level. Okay, so my next question then. These players that you're saying are the best in the world and could be the best in the world, why are they gonna stay at a club that's not in the Champions League? We're not that we are in the Champions League, we're in the well, quarter final. If you don't qualify for the Champions League, why will they stay with you? But that's just a hypothetical well, question. Well, hold on, we, yeah. we, we signed... That's an a hypothetical question. We're I'm in the Champions you. League and we're in the qualifying. We're just playing on Tuesday, actually. We're playing Barcelona. Yeah. It's on telly if you want to watch that. And, uh, but we're actually... Yeah, but, You've but, got some tickets, haven't you? I've got, I've got about 22 <laughs> tickets, yeah. But the thing don't, is... We'll start getting texts. No, I don't. I don't have tickets. Uh, but the thing is, is that we're, we're the six games or seven games left in the league, you know, there's still 21 points to play for. Mm-hmm. Like, 
You could say you, you can ask the same oh, question about Arsenal. Go same with my hypothetical question. Okay, let's go with a hypothetical question. Okay, right, Pogba so came back when we were in the Europa League. Yeah, on eighty-nine million pounds. David Slatton De Gea stayed well. with us when we were in the Europa League. Also, as well, it's because, uh, and I don't sound big-headed, but you are Manchester United. If Manchester City doing it Champions League football, probably no one's signed for them because they think, oh, it's only City. But we are Manchester United, the biggest club in the world. And if we don't have Champions League football, it's just because it's a one-season off. Let's get some players in, some reinforcements. We'll be back in it next so year. So De Gea's played in Europa already. Pop he won it, he won it, he won it, he won it, he won it. Why does he, he want to do it again? Why? How long is he going to stick with years until you actually start competing in the Champions League? How yeah, long we're is we're he going to We're in the quarter-final. We're in the quarter-final. We're going to be Barcelona. Okay. It's so quite the we need to play this We're in the quarterfinal of the Champions League. Is that not competing in the Champions League? I wouldn't say that you are favourites to qualify for that or certainly not to win. Of the eight teams left, I'd probably put you seventh at the minute. So Porto won the Champions League. Man City haven't. Sam? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, that is, that is a fact, isn't it? Um, different circumstances, I suppose. I'm not, I'm, I can't quite put my finger on what those circumstances are. <laughs> Um, do they stay? Do they stay if they don't qualify, do you think? Well, I mean, to be fair, I think Joe was knocking on the door of something similar earlier on about De Gea and how much you know, service he's given and and how much he's helped the club and player of the year and that. So, I, I mean, as a United fan, I've always thought, why why is he sticking around? Like, this is this is mad. Like, he, United have dodged a few bullets sometimes, you know, with Madrid not having their house in order and not wanting to get him. So I have, I have always thought for De Gea, what... I'm not sure what he's got in it. I yeah. wonder when the time would come where he might knock it on the head. I mean, if, if they don't qualify for the Champions League this year, then that is something to have a look at. But. Well, well, there's the question then. Are Manchester United going to qualify for the Champions League this year, Andrew? Ooh. We'll go round the table. Yeah, let's yeah. that. I think so, yeah. Yeah? yeah. What, in the, in the next By winning games. games? By winning games. Yeah, but you Which rely games? on everyone to fail as well. <laughs> let's not forget you still yeah. got a derby to face Do you know there. what? I would love it. Right, if we won the Champions League and finished fifth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that, it's going to be a tough running for Manchester United, Sam. Do you think they'll be in the Champions League next year? Well, I, I mean, I don't see why not, because I, I don't think anybody could genuinely say, look, Arsenal are looking all right at the moment. But I don't think anybody could genuinely say Arsenal or Chelsea are any better off than United, looking any more consistent than United. United are having a bit of a bad patch at the moment. Do you know um, what? This will test may, the maybe the Oli Reign is flatlined a bit, but I mean, maybe it's just a bit of a bad patch. And this is what happens for teams going for fourth. They have these bad patches. You know, we can't expect City and Liverpool results from the teams chasing the top four because they have these patches. So there's no reason United can't. So it's you're a- sitting in sixth at the minute. United are sixth at the minute on 61. You've got Chelsea on, in fifth on 63, and then you've got Arsenal in fourth on 63 as well. But Arsenal have got a game in hand on you, which, you know, hypothetically could take them to 66, which would be five points ahead of you with six games left. That's third. That's fourth. Tottenham are in third. Yeah. On 64. So you could, yeah. yeah. Tottenham could slip out. There's four teams going for Champions four teams. League. There's four mm-hmm. teams. Spurs will get it. Spurs will get it. Spurs will get it. United's running, I think, is quite difficult. You've got City and Chelsea both to play, uh, as well as Everton as well. Uh, Huddersfield, Cardiff are the last game of the season. West Ham chucked into the middle of all that. So it's going to be tough. For United to get fourth, now I'm not going to sit here and get say they get fourth. I, I, I and you, anyone ask me? No, they're going to get come fifth. United, you think so? United aren't getting Champions League. Get off the radio. This year. I'm not. I'm just saying it how it is. Uh, I I'm think sorry. It's going to Excuse be such me. A, Hold on a second. It's going to be. Well, Hold on a second. Hold We've on. got a new manager that's now really going to sign a three-year deal. That really, if he doesn't qualify for Champions League, he's going to spend the next 18 months not in top European football, which is a half as bloody contract. Yeah. So Dave, him and but Mike the rest Peter of the league, I'm going to go. Hold on. The United Manchester have just United signed a new manager. We've got to let them win everything. Yeah. No, no, yeah, no, no. What I'm trying to say to you is Solskjaer. Solskjaer 
is this is a really important thing for Solskjaer is to get, is to get finish in the top four to bring so us. Why didn't he beat Wolves? Why didn't he beat Wolves? It happens. Things happen. <laughs> so there's things six games happen. left. Things could happen. Things, things happen. could happen. Things could happen. Right. Um, <laughs> so that was. The, uh, are we, we going to get top four? Now? Are you not going to get top no, four? No, you're not going to get top four. You're not going to get top four. You're not going to beat Barcelona, and you're going to lose your best players in the summer. Good luck rebuilding with Ole, the savior, in the summer. And with that, I'm going to take a chance <laughs> to not let them reply. We'll be back in a minute where we're going to be uh, previewing ahead for the Champions League games that are next week, and we're also going to be talking about agent fees we're going to tell you how much liverpool have spent on agents manchester football social subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show manchester football social welcome back to the manchester football social i'm sure you'll agree the first half of it pretty tasty so why not get involved why not join the dragons den you can give us a call on 0345 7625 or you can be a bit more conservative and give us a text on 87711 or even a tweet at mcr footy social we've still got pain to get through Yes, indeed we have. Uh, but there is something happening in Manchester. If you're driving around the Shude Hill area or if you're getting a, a bus from there or your you train is dropping off Victoria and you have to walk past it, you're going for a couple of drinks at Northern Quarter. On the weekend, you might see this huge memorial uh, on this uh, around Manchester. Now, it's op- opposite. Let me just get the right word in for it. It is opposite the pub that I should remember the name of, uh, but I can't get it on here. Maybe Rachel can help me out. Rachel, hello, Rachel. Hiya. Rachel, uh, this memorial is from Umbro and they want to talk about uh, the reason why Manchester loves football. There's so many different stories about it, so many different uh, tales of why you adore the game uh, and everyone has to share their individual side of it. And Rachel, you... Uh, well, did you tweet into Umbro? Because they asked it out on Twitter, didn't they? Yeah, that's right. They put it out on Twitter to celebrate 95 years of being in Manchester. They asked the question, what does football mean to Manchester? So I just replied with my um, little story and they then contacted me a couple of weeks later so saying that they wanted to use that as one of their final level on the um, on the mural but um, if anyone hasn't seen it I think if you can go online now and have a look it's brilliant it's so bright and colourful and really does capture the essence of the game so and what it does mean to, to Mancunian so um, great for people to, to take a look it's class and my hare and hound pub that is where you want to hear you get the hare and hound pub it's on the side of that apologies uh, for losing the name uh, Rachel so your story was picked uh, along with uh, many different others and like Rachel said I think Sam you tweeted a picture of the memorial today didn't yeah you? yeah so if people know who I am you can have a look on my Twitter uh, if anyone knows who I am anyone knows who I am just Big Sam uh, what is your story Sorry, Rachel big what? Sam. Big Sam. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> big Sam Lee get us on Twitter so, uh, so mine was um, football determined my my, my choice of, hup- of husband and essentially, well, you never, people who know me know I would never for one minute even think about marrying a, a red. Uh, oh, so you're a City I'm fan. I'm a big Man City fan, yeah. I've had Woo. a season ticket since 89, so... Um, just to just to make sure you have to feel like you sometimes have to justify when you became a city fan. Are you going to tell us you're married seasons. to Kevin Keegan? Uh, I'm not married <laughs> to Kevin Keegan. No, he's a little bit too old for me, I think, but yeah. But yeah, 20 years ago, I had a, a spare ticket for a, a game against Sheffield United 
uh, I rang a friend and said, did he want to come? And he said, no, I'm already going, but I'll bring my mate. I was like, yeah, fine, bring him along. He can tag along. And and 20 years later, I still haven't shrugged off that mate. He's now my husband. And no we have way. two children together. Yeah, so, That's so City State played a, a big part in us getting together. We won 6-0 that day, so that was a good omen. Wow. That's why I kept on going out with him. <laughs> that yeah. happened a lot, didn't it, in the 80s? I mean, I'm, 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 t- hey, I'm totally with you as well, because I met my husband at City as well. So, he, yeah, he just came up and started chatting to me at a game. And, um, yes, it all went from there. So, what City... Score, what score was that one? Do you C- remember? Uh, yeah, do you know what? I think we played Arsenal and I think we won one or two nil. Um, so, yes, yeah, City is, you know, matchmaking people, you know, for, for fun. For loads. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's good. So, uh, during the game, did you did you have an inkling that this, you know, you quite liked him and maybe... Well, when he offered to buy me a pie and a pint at half time, you oh, know, that sealed the deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Happy day. City, <laughs> City fans are easily pleased with anything. <laughs> and also, what a surprise, a City fan with a spare ticket. <laughs> oh, oh look at it. Sorry about that, Rachel. <laughs> Rachel's a guest, Andrew. What are you doing? stuff like that to Nat. Sorry, yeah. But it's amazing because obviously, Umbro are looking to find out the stories uh, and individual uh, tales of what football means to you. Andrew. What does football mean to you? It means it means a, a second sitting room with another TV, so you can separate yourself away from your partner. Because when there's another game on, you have to then justify why you're watching the other game because you should have been at IKEA or something. So it's like inexpensive. It's, is that no, what yeah, football's great, man. Football, like I've been, I went to the European Championships last uh, two years ago in France, and uh, you know, it's 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 just it is really a powerful medium that can get you excited and interested in something. And also, it's also great to love something. You know, there's mm-hmm. also, you know, I love football as well as my club. You know, I love, you know, the the, the way the game is played, the, everything around it. And it's always exciting. And every week there's a twist and turn. And it's it's like a, the longest running soap. It is the longest running soap. And you take football away from them, moments in the summer where there's not a World Cup on or, or, or the Euros and you, everyone feels lost. Don't they, Sam? I mean, especially for you, yeah. Sam. Football, and, and you, Nat, football is your life. Like, you know, you come on here on the radio to talk about it, Nat, you work uh, City Square, and Sam, you, you just follow City. I mean, football means so much to you. I was actually thinking about this, because I went to see the mural on the way here, um, and I was thinking, I was like, do I love football? Maybe this is just how miserable I am, but, I mean, <laughs> it is my job. I watch it when I'm not, when I don't have to, when I'm not paid to watch it, Um I play it occasionally, talk about it, write about it. But, you know, you were just saying then about, you know, when there's a summer when there's no tournament on, you feel a bit lost for a bit, but you get... Life goes on, doesn't it? And I actually, <laughs> I, I actually thought, you know... I actually thought, you know, if if football... It's not going to happen, but if football were to just stop, life would go on, wouldn't it? But, I mean, and this is from someone who literally just... It's all I ever do. It's all I ever do. It's all I ever talk about. Um, but I don't know. You wouldn't have a job though, Sam. What would you do? Well, yeah, that is that is, a that, is that is the point. Nat, for you, I mean, obviously not found your husband, but you, you you love it when you when you're doing that, and especially for you when you see because the city are very good at when uh, when kids are having their first game. You made a big thing about it. You get to put make people's day, big smiles yeah. on their faces. Football for me is like is one big family, one big city family, and um, there's always like the odd cousin that you don't like, obviously, but most of the time, you know, everybody gets on really well. And like you say, what city do for kids? What city do in celebration? Like everything that's been going on for Bernard Holford these last, you know, since since he sadly passed away. 
day is just another demonstration of, of why City is just one big family. Um, so it's always been family for me. Uh, you know, I had a season ticket since I was 15, so I knew everybody that was around me. I still sit around everybody that's around me now, and I've seen them have kids and them grow up. And now I've got a, a kid that we're taking to, to football, although not very often yet because he will not sit still and watch yet. So it's semi-pointless. <laughs> they like what? Yeah. He's 18 months, yeah. Oh, the poor yeah. thing. He cheers when somebody scores, but it's whoever scores, and that could be, like, really awkward. Like, you know, if, if it was, if we took him to a game and it wasn't City that scored and he started cheering. Um, <laughs> but, but, yes, but City, football is family. Yes, indeed. No, it, yeah, in fairness. No, in fairness, it, always, always, it, is great, it is great, though, isn't it? Because, because obviously, when people, when footballers are interested uh, are interviewed, or, like, when we're talking about it, we always say, oh, that was, like, the best moment of my life, oh, apart from like when I got married and that. And, you know, I've got married and that was genuinely the best day of my life. But, again, I was thinking about this earlier. Nothing nothing can, like, provoke those spontaneous moments of joy like football. You know, the City fans here will know the 93-20 Aguero goal. Like, you can get married, you can have as many kids as you want, but there's nothing that's going to compare to <laughs> yeah, that euphoria, yeah. is there? Nothing, nothing can match that. I mean, obviously, sport can do that, but football is our particular sport, and, yeah. and that's the best thing about it. It can give you moments that are genuinely the, the best of your life. You, you guys have the Aguero moment, you know, which was phenomenal. You know, we've got Solskjaer, Champions League, you know, final exactly, and stuff, yeah. you know, so... Every club has their moment, you know what I mean? Every club has their moment. And, and even even if it's not your own club, you know, there's, there's all memories. I mean, the first one that comes to mind now, they'll be much better. But I remember a few years ago when Leicester played Watford in the Championship. And oh. They had a penalty, they missed it. I think they went down the other end. Deeney scored, and that was just incredible. It, yeah. I don't even think it was on TV. But no, it every, was. I watched it. Was, this. It was yeah, on yeah, TV. Yeah, okay, yeah. well, it wasn't for me because I, I missed it. But it was, just, it was just one of those great moments that spread. And everyone still remembers now. And there'll be so many, you know, Barca coming back to beat PSG 6-1 yep. a couple of years ago. Just one of those nights that kind of brings everyone together. So, I mean, I could, I mean, if push comes to shove, I probably could get, live without it. Life goes on. <laughs> but I, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to. Rachel, your uh, memorial is the uh, the white one with the red writing around what's a wedding ring and a football that says, football determined my choice of husband. So if you go in there and you see the memorial, like I said, uh, in Novacourt, near Shoot Hill, take a picture of that. Take a picture of yourself. It's absolutely lovely, I think. It's mint. Uh, so check that out. We don't know how it's going to be there for, but I think it's going to be there for quite a while, I think. I think so. I mean, I wrongly assumed as well that it that it was um, a poster that it had been plastered on, but it's actually you can see a video as well that Umbro tweeted out. Yes, and we've just tweeted actually, it as yeah, well on the yeah. MCR Footy Social account yeah. of them actually putting it together, painting it, yeah, painting it drawing yeah. it, and it's class. So it's go check really that video good. out, MCR Footy Social. From the ideas that we love the game, uh, we are going to sadly move on to the uh, the dark. Well, not the dark side of the game, <laughs> but the the people who might be ruining the game bit by bit. <laughs> and these are agents. Sam, have you mm, ever had uh, run-ins with agents when you've been working in the footballing world? What are they like? Right. Well, what, are, what are agents like? Gen- generally, I, tr- I try not to, to deal with them, which I know is unusual for a football journalist, and most football journalists wouldn't say this, and maybe that means I'm not a proper one. But, I, I mean, there's obviously some you can trust, and to be fair, it's, it's the same as, as journalists, really. If journalists try and make contacts at clubs, you know, these figures at clubs are are wary of you and they see you coming and they don't want you hanging around youth games and speaking to players or whatever and it's exactly the same for agents there's some agents that are very good at their job and some that are very bad and obviously it's the bad ones that generally um, give the rest of them a bad name but also the good ones do when it comes to their fees because the amount they get we talked about Riola earlier getting 20 odd million from Pogba um, it's, but it's just it's just indicative of the, the business and how much money there is floating around the football. We talked about United's decision-making earlier. It's one of those, you can turn up, you can basically charge what you want because if you know if United won a footballer this year, well, let's, let's use the Frankie de Jong example. 
loads of clubs are one of them. He ended up going to Barca, not just because of the money paid, but his agent got €5 million, Euros, and Barca mm. were willing to pay that. And a lot of clubs were like, well, no, but because, you know, if clubs really want players and they've got enough money, they'll just do it. So that's, that's how it kind of crops up. And it goes, look, Liverpool are top, aren't they, with the agent spend? And they bought so many players last year and they had a bit of a, a splurge on top players. It's no surprise, really, that they probably thought, we need these players, we want to win the league, and with these players we can win the league. And the agent went, well, we'll have a few million then. And they went, well, okay, got, it's probably got, worth it. Got to be fair, barrel, it probably really, has been. Yeah. them over a barrel. This is a list uh, that we're talking about and why we're bringing up agents. It's all to do with how much uh, clubs have paid out to agents from the 18 to 19 season. Liverpool at the top of it with an start of £43 million pay to agent fees. United and City are there on top. And that's in the last two transfer windows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah, to confirm, yeah. that's yeah. not like all 18 time. 18 to 19, uh, the season's there. United on 20 million, City 24. Uh, who else is the second Chelsea biggest? Chelsea 26. Liverpool leading the way there with... Forty-three million pounds. These players are dictating. Um, these agents are dictating the modern game, and I don't think there's any way of stopping it. Is there? Well, um, I think there are some kind of rules coming through at the minute. Um, they just want to change how they work, and they. I think what happens a lot of the time is they represent clubs and players in the same deal, so they're kind of they're taking a cut from both ends. So I think mm-hmm. they want to put a stop to that. After, um, after yeah, seeing those on. figures, I'm in the wrong job. <laughs> like I should, yeah, yeah, I'm a football I'm... agent. <laughs> Uh, we're going to bring in Dan. Hello, Dan. Hello, guys. Dan, Dan! you want to have a chat about age? Well, no, no, to- no, no, Dan. No, I've got a nice surprise for you, Joe. What? This is Dan, the Wolves fan. Oh, and uh, Dan was on a few weeks ago before the game in the FA Hold Cup. On. And <laughs> Dan predicted that United were going to be... The Wolves were going to be United 2-1. And then, obviously, you got beaten by them again at the weekend. So I tweeted Dan and said, come on, Dan, come back on and have a chat with us. So surprise, guys. Hi, Dan. Hi, Joe. How are you going? Are you, are you sure <laughs> this is the Wolves fan? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Dan. Yeah, it's me, uh, me. Yeah, cheers for calling us, Dan. Love to speak to you, mate. Uh, we're talking about agents fees. No, we're not. <laughs> we're talking about Wolves. <laughs> Dan. Uh, talking about agents fees, because, I mean, it's, you know, you may as well, you need to start paying Mini Rayola and Jorge Mendes more because getting you nowhere than being paid now. So what we got you on for here, Dan? So we got you on for to gloat that you beat Manchester United Pretty twice, two-one. All right, and you're going Pretty through much. to the semi-finals of the FA. Pretty Club. much. All the best there, Dan. Uh, let's just I say said, Dan, you were the better and team. Let's you were the better team. Say that again, sorry. I just said you were the better team, Dan. Yeah, to be honest, I know we're not in Europe yet, but I'm, I'm getting bored of being United now. So yeah, and that's Dan done with. Uh, thank you very much, <laughs> no! Dan. Uh, yeah, I've got control of buttons over here. Uh, that was a sneaky attack. That was a super sneaky there. attack for you City get fans. Dan back Enjoy on. your Friday night, Dan. You're not speaking <laughs> to me that, anymore. Do you know what that was? That was a faking an injury. That to was play a some low time blow. Because you're holding on to Dan, the listen, Dan. Uh, I know I'm, you're still there. Sorry, Dan. Uh, I'm just saying. Um, thank you very much for giving us a call. Not surprise attacked us. All the best uh, in the FA Cup. I really hope you beat City in the final. I really, really hope you ruin their dreams. So then, what we'll do then is we'll get you back. On when you've got the FA Cup medal, and we'll have a little gloat then, shall we, Dan? Yeah, just just keep with the well wishing for Wolves. Not only have we beat City in the final, but we beat Liverpool in the last game of the season to stop them winning. The- oh, oh, yes. No way! Dan, you've done such a U-turn. You've have done you got s- Liverpool down on the last game of the season? Uh, Anfield. Yeah, Anfield. Yeah. <gasps> oh Dan, my God! Love you, Dan. Dan's that's changed his mind. That's the best news as well. 
the country needs to get behind Wolves. We are the people. <laughs> Dan, quickly on Wolves. Uh, you signed a contract uh, today, an extension for... Oh, the name uh, comes out of my head, but I'm just trying to get at the fact that it's important. What, well, signed Raul Jimenez yesterday? Yes, that, that was it. Yeah, 30 million. 30 million. Not around Wolves. Not messing around at all. I'm just getting to the point that Wolves are doing the business. They've got to make sure that this incredible team that they've got that they build on it, Dan. What are your uh, dreams for next season? I think just to try and finish um, in that top six, just try and like upset the apple cart a bit more. I think there's a, there's a there's levels in football. I think we've shown it this season. Wolves signed Jimenez, Man United still struggling with Sanchez. Just keep going, see where, where, where it takes us. Dan, thank you very much for your call. Thank Beat you, City Dan. in the final. Beat Liverpool in the last day of the season. Dan! Thanks, Dan. Well, Nat, nah, that could have backfired. <laughs> but it didn't. <laughs> Lovely Dan came out with some good lines there. Uh, right, so I think it's the big one. We need to take a little break, don't we, Nat? Because, I mean, there's a little <laughs> FA Cup semi-final we're going to talk about soon. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, also, I need to think I need to run away and hide because these two are giving me Can't absolute <laughs> daggers right now. So, yeah, do stick with us. When we come back, we are going to talk about the uh, the FA Cup semi-finals happening this weekend. And we're going to talk about the, the Wembley ticket situation. Situation, and I think perhaps Joe and Andrew are going to try and get me back. Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. Manchester Football Social. Welcome to the Manchester Football Social. I am Andrew Ryan and I'm here in the studio with Sam, Nat and Joe. And we're now going to preview the Manchester City semi-final against Brighton, uh, the FA Cup down in London uh, this weekend. And it seems like Wembley is Manchester City's second home at the moment because they're, they've been there so many times in the past. Nat, tell me, do you think this is going to be a pretty straightforward sort of FA Cup semi-final win or do you expect Brighton, who are actually trying to save themselves in the league, to kind of put off a bit of an upset or... Is this going to be another box ticked off for you? I'm hoping it's just going to be another box ticked off. But we, when the big thing that we stay on this show a lot, and I think that Pep talks about, and and that the club is is all about, is not being complacent. So we don't take any game for granted. Um, you know, Brighton are struggling at the other end of the table. You know, they're playing Cardiff soon, which obviously is a huge game <coughs> at that end of the table. Um, so we, you know, and I think for them, getting to getting to Wembley, obviously for them, is a huge achievement. But we've got to be going into this game thinking that we're going to win. You know, without 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 being cocky, without being complacent, we're going to beat Brighton 99 times out of 100. We've just got to hope that... Do you know what, Joe? You're going to love it because we talk, every time we talk about it on this station, you laugh. Let's just hope they're not going to be another Wigan. <laughs> I'm not, not going to say anything. I think it's going to be... I know it's an interesting game, but you should just walk over Brighton. Should do. We should do, but let, you know, they, they, I'm sure you know they will put up a good fight. Um, but we should be able to overcome them. I, I, hope, I hope that doesn't sound. Does that sound hideously it's arrogant? It's a fact. It's yeah. a fact. Isn't it? Look at the table. Look at the players. Look at everything. Everything. Yeah. Do you, so, do you, are you feeling confident, Sam? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I, I would expect City to win that game. Just the only reason I can't see it is because football's football, and sometimes mad things happen. But even with this City team, Guardiola looks after every little detail, doesn't he? So, he's. It's planned for everything. You're going to have more chances. Brighton are going to have to defend. You know, if they might nick a goal on the counter or a set piece, but City look, just look at like basically every game they played this season. They have twenty odd shots at least. It's just yeah, Guardiola plans for everything, and that's why even City can minimise these kind of mad football results that happen. Anything interesting come up in his Guardiola's press conference today? Uh, I mean, not especially in terms of injuries for people who haven't heard. Aguero's travelled and he might play, but he said he's going to speak to the doctors and if there's any risk of him being out, then he won't risk it. And to be honest, I don't, I don't see any point in risking it. Mendy's travelled, 
Um, again, I don't see any point in risking that because he's been out for so long. I'd maybe if things are going well, stick him on, quite late stick well, him on for half an hour. Clubs and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, living people, up the high life. people were saying that was a bit of a storm in the teacup, but I mean, it wasn't a bit because it's not the end of the world. But you know, he's got, he's under so much suspicion from the coaching staff that he doesn't take things seriously, and you know, he doesn't take rehab seriously, and his focus isn't right. So he's still, my my take on it really is just. Do yourself a favour, really. Rachel, yeah. what, do you, what do you reckon as, as a fan? Yeah, so he doesn't help himself, does he? Exactly, he, that's one thing. That, that's the problem, you know, on, on Twitter and Instagram, if you follow him on social media, he's, he looks like he's got a fantastic life. If that was balanced with a few shots of him in the gym trying to get his, his fitness back, then I think City fans would probably be a little bit more, that, that would be a bit more palatable. Hmm. Um, you know, he doesn't, does himself no favours going out on a Friday night. I'm not expecting footballers to live like Saints when, they, when they've got injuries, but... At the same time, it's not probably showing the, the dedication that um, that we want to see as City fans. Yeah, yeah, wouldn't happen to United that. <laughs> but I really, United. I really think, I really think that Brighton, to me, are really going to do this. They're really going to beat, beat Man City, and I think this is the start. You of are the, a comedian, aren't you? This is the start of the decline of Guardiola in football, not just in English football, <laughs> but in, because Chris Houghton, Chris Houghton, I swear to God, is a tactical genius. Right, and when and when and when and when and when the twenty five thousand City fans that can't sell their allocation, I mean, why why would a top player want to play for a club that can't even sell their tickets? Oh, are we moving on to that already? Are we? He's been dying. I'm going to tell you something now, right, about Man City, right, Matt and Brighton. Brighton are going to do a job on City, and they're going to get hit. And this is where the decline is going to come. You're going for four trophies. You'd be lucky to get into the final of one of them, and you'll probably finish. We've already won one of them. What have you? Yeah. Well, do you know what? That's how <laughs> lack of an interest I have in that club because you win a trophy, no one cares because never even on the news. Unless you've you won it last year, then actually, then it's the um, sorry, the year before last year. Yeah. yeah. It's part of your historic treble. <laughs> All right, well, yeah. you know what? Let's get uh, let's get the two clubs' histories up. <laughs> oh, here they go! Here they go! Living in the past, living in the past. Right, are we going there? Then is it time? Time. No, it's time. We're going to bring there. up the elephant in the room. Everything that was the story surrounding Manchester City this week um, was all just about tickets, tickets, tickets. It's, a, it's away from the football. It's away from kind of what really matters is, is actually winning a match. But um, it just takes the headlines because that's that's the neat nature of the beast. The, the, the thing with Twitter. That's the nature of Twitter, yeah. Yeah, Twitter can't have a go at you for the football that you play in, so they can have a go at you for the fact that, you know, 25,000 tickets sold for Wembley now. So I saw, I read something that um, a a radio presenter on another show that we do not name because they are an absolute and utter clickbait radio show um, has been slating us. But do you know what? Apart from that, I have not read a single person slating us because I actually think in this instance, football fans are actually reasonable and actually understand what is going on here. Um, and I think even Andrew's heart, you know, if he looks deep down, he, he will agree with us. So, um, you know, for Rachel and I were talking in the break, trying to remember how many times we've been to Wembley in the last eight years. And that does sound arrogant, but we forgot. And we're guessing at about 13. Personally, I've missed two of those. So I've been to, and that was two charity shields um, because I was on holiday or didn't want to go down to London for the charity shield. Um, although I did go this year. Um, so we're looking at 11 times to Wembley in the last eight years. So fourth this and the, the fourth time this season, if you include, so we didn't include the Tottenham when Tottenham were playing there. We didn't include that in that count. So this is our fourth time at Wembley this season. You're talking about the travel, the tickets, the everything else that goes into going. Everybody in this room must agree that FA Cup semi-finals should not be played at Wembley. I agree with that, yeah. 
I think she should be played in France. <laughs> France. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, there's two sides of it. You can have a look at the side where you can try and turn and make it say that the fan situation is bad, or you can just be realistic and say, I don't think people would want an FA Cup semi final uh, at Wembley. That, that system is flawed and just corrupt by the FA to try and reek every little penny out of Wembley as they possibly can. And it's just a disgrace that that, that, that sort of the history behind the FA Cup was always that neutral ground in the, the semi finals. It added excitement to it wherever you were playing. But the fact that you've got to go down to Wembley and not only does it just mean an extra trip to Wembley which alright Wembley's alright but at the end of the day it's just it's, it's a great stadium but then it takes the shine off the fact that you get there in the final yeah. because that should be you should be rewarded as a club getting to the final not just by winning the trophy because even if you can run it up you get that occasion that you actually go out to Wembley as fans for that final all the build up is all to that one 90 minute game of football that you spend in that incredible stadium but now you're there for 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 the semi-finals and you're like oh, what are we doing here for the semi-finals well, you know and, and then you that- go back there again if you win if you win the semi-finals yeah. there at the finals it's, it's ridiculous and that it, is where it all comes from it's that with the FA and then it's on top of the FA scheduling of the game so Saturday night at half past five if it goes to extra time Blues are going to have to leave because they will not make the last train back from London to Manchester what do you think Guardiola thinks of all this because it's oh. going to be he's going to have it brought up to him he's going to have it in the back of his head he's going to see it when he's actually on the touchlines what is his thoughts well I mean he's always kind of him and City fans haven't always clicked on these things. Like whenever he's talked about the Champions League, and fans should embrace it and forget the stuff of the UEFA, and should because you know there's also been ticket problems in for the Champions League over the years. So he's always been kind of outspoken on that. Um, I think he was taught, he did ask was asked about it today. I think he brushed it off. Um, I mean, he'll probably he'll probably think well, he'll probably hope obviously that it would have been full. But I mean, look, he's he's a multi millionaire, but He's surely not stupid. Like, all these reasons about the FA Cup semi-finals being at Wembley and everything—it just—it just costs money. Like, yeah. how how many of us have got? How much is it going to cost? So it's not it's ninety at quid the on the train. The, the tickets Carabao are what Cup fifty final. quid at least. Yes, yeah, the Carabao Cup final. Me and my husband spent about two hundred and fifty to three hundred pound to go for the day. Yeah. With your tickets, with your travel, with your food. By the time you get there, with your parking, with whatever else is involved in it. So and, and look, to be honest, look, if you want, again, and again, that tie, that ties into the fact as well that you know City have been there a lot. It's it's not like some massive mm-hmm. day out now. It's it's a bit more of a chore. Yeah. Look, if City were playing United, they're playing Chelsea, playing Arsenal, Liverpool, whatever, it'd be full. But they're probably thinking. We're probably going to win. We're going to be back there. That's 150 That's quid, exactly 200 what quid. I'm thinking. The, you're not spending on the, going to the final or maybe going to the, the Champions League semi final or going exactly. to Madrid. It's just, it's a sensible decision. And, you know, it's not, it's money not making excuses, is it? Like, no. people haven't got all this money. And look, Spurs game next week, head, Palace game, there's just loads of trips to London coming up. This is the least important of them all. Listen, and that's just how it is. You had 25 years to save up your money because you didn't go anywhere for 25 years, right? So you never went anywhere for 20 years. All right, then the last six or seven years, you're going somewhere. If you weren't winning football matches and getting to semi-finals, you'd be complaining. Now you're getting to semi-finals and you're complaining. We're what not do complaining. You want? It's not complaining. It's what just do you normal want? reasons. Like, we don't get to any finals anymore. Here, we're in 11 finals. Oh, we can't afford to go. No, it's ridiculous. <laughs> the cost of getting to the final. Like, you can't have it both ways. If your team is successful, you're going to play more games because you're going to get further in competitions. Therefore, that, that's a cost. So you have to factor but, in. But what doesn't happen when your team gets successful you is you suddenly money. get more money. Like, I don't know that's how the fact many... That's There's nothing I can do about that. <laughs> get a better job. Get a better job with more money and earn more money. If your team is more successful, so, you're going to have to travel more. So if the, the problem... 
problem in this is that 30,000 Manx don't have a better job to pay for a, no, b- pay for a ticket. No, what I'm saying is that the more successful your club is getting, the more games you're going to play. So costs are obviously and naturally going to go up. So therefore, if you want to support your team, you're going to have to fork out a bit more because you're playing a more <gasps> games. Don't! Don't tell me that I don't support <laughs> my club if I can't you. afford to go I'm to one game. Just, no, not because I, my point is in general... It, the more successful you are, the more games you're going to play. So it's naturally going to cost more yeah. to go and see. But them. yeah, but it doesn't naturally mean you're going to have more money. Where'd you get? No, I'm not saying you're going to have more money. Well, but yeah, exactly. But you need more money to yeah, do it. I'm not the government. Oh, well, I'm not the government. I can't give you a salary. My point is, is that the cost shouldn't be a surprise because you're in the final. Well, it's not a surprise, but people just have to cut their cloth accordingly, don't they? Yeah, they, they, they do. Haven't got yeah. enough money to do it. They go, "What? I've got so much money this month. Do I spend it on going to the semi-final, or do I spend it on going to the final? Probably." I already had a nice day out in August at Wembley. I already had a nice day out in February at Wembley. I'm going to be probably going to, if all goes well, Wembley what again in May. Because of the lack of atmosphere at Wembley on the weekend. That won't be the reason if we get beaten. Yeah, it won't be because I've of the lack more, of atmosphere. I went to see Adele there last year. Yeah. I've had much better atmosphere there. <laughs> we've had some bad atmospheres this season and we've won, so that will not be the reason. But exactly like Sam says, I'm already trying to budget thinking, well, if we get to the semi-final of the Champions League, I want to go. If we get to the final, that's going to cost thousands because I definitely want to go to that. <laughs> we've um, got 20 seconds to get oh predictions and round things up. Right, we're gonna, Rachel, way. are we going to win the semi-final? We are. Yes, Sam? Yeah. Andrew? Brighton 4 1. Joe? Yes, he'll probably win it. Andrew, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'd really hope <laughs> yeah, you, you, you has. want to see you here no, again. I've, I've really yeah. enjoyed it. There's not many people that, that can go toe to toe with me when I'm on one, so I really appreciate it. So thank you, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you're not listening on the podcast, as always, download it and subscribe. We would be very grateful. Have a lovely weekend, and we'll see you soon. Manchester Football Social. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.